just a bunch of witty banter. Good clip, Papa. Get boinked, nerds. Welcome back to another episode of Witty Banter, episode number eight. Dude, that's two months of Witty Banter. Two months, bro. We've been doing this for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks ago, two, two young, starry-eyed boys set off on a journey to rule the world. And now we're chiseled men. Now we're <laughs> starry-eyed men. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it's been this long, man? I can't. I honestly don't even like. I've I've forgotten how the idea even came into being. Like how we even started it. I'll know. I can tell you how it came into being for me, at least. Um, I like heard some guys, these two dudes, who were like friends, but they were talking about girls and like what worked for them as far as like picking up chicks. Yeah. And they had a really cool, I guess, dynamic, and I was like, I feel like me and Chase would have a really good dynamic on radio as well. <laughs> right. So I texted you, and I was like, yeah, man, podcast. Let's, let's do it. do it. <laughs> I'm glad we did. Absolutely. And I know all of our 400 million fans are pretty stupid <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, so welcome to episode number eight. It is currently, what, November 14th, and the time is 7.14. We're recording a little later tonight, and that's because I just got back. From the Circuit of the Americas Formula One track. Ooh la la. Holy shit, dude. I got, via a guy on Reddit, I got two free tickets to walk the pit lane today. Mm-hmm. So me and my papa, we took these tickets. We went down there. We got to stand on the track. I got to stand on the uh, finish line. Got to go, in, and I saw every team's garage. They got, like, the names with the helmet and the flag over each team. I mm-hmm. saw a shitload of the cars. I fucking shook the hand of four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel. Dude, that's so sick. It was insane, dude. It literally – it was one of those celebrity moments where, like, it happened, but it didn't happen. You know? It yeah, you're so like, fast. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, I shook that guy's hand, and that was honestly – that validated the whole day. You Absolutely. Know? I'm, I can see that. I'm still – so this whole – yeah, this, this weekend coming up is um, Formula One weekend in Austin. And I've literally been counting down the days since last year. And I'm so excited. It hurts. It really mm-hmm. like I just I'm gonna be at the track all three days as much as possible. My whole family's coming in for it. We're gonna have an absolute blast. You guys should watch it. Honestly, I'll I'll do my best. Yeah, you guys should watch it. It's gonna be Sunday either at noon or at two thirty is when the race comes on. It's only like an hour and a half long. It's on. It's Sunday. Mm-hmm. NBC Sports Network. Okay. Yeah, for sure. You guys should check it out. Um, the more people who watch it, the better. It's a fantastic <laughs> sport. Um. So okay, what are we? What beer are we drinking today, Hunter? Okay, so today the beer of the day is Elda M. M. Period Milk Stout. Ooh. Um, we were kind of drawn to this one whenever I started reading out <laughs> what it says on the carton itself. Yeah, their own description sold us. Yeah, it's it's basically <laughs> <laughs> how clever of them. But yeah, they talked about it being. You know, read, yeah, chocolatey flavor. You, you want me to just read it? We'll just read a little bit off of it. Yeah. Okay. Our Elda M is a milk stout brewed with 10 different kinds of malt. Chase's, Chase's favorite. Actually, hold on. Real quick. I love malt in stouts. Okay. It, giving it a rich chocolatey caramel flavor with a hint of coffee. So we were just like, oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. We yeah, need to get All this. of our favorite things in one beer. So, uh, so I just poured it up. And it's dark as hell. The, <laughs> header, the header itself is brown. Yeah. <laughs> Can I see the tarpon? Yeah, here's the tarpon. Um... There's no like. There's no look. You can't see through this thing. It's as black and stout as possible. I'm gonna go for a smellsy right now. 
Oh, dude, that's fantastic. You can smell – it smells like malt and like uh, like almost whipped cream, you know? <laughs> it's uh, it's 6.7% alcohol by volume, which I like. <laughs> yeah, this okay, looks just, a lot more I just had a sip. Yeah. Um, so, okay. It's good. It's really smooth. It definitely uh, feels a bit thicker, a little more viscous than the, all the other ones that we've had. Right. Um, the, the, the first taste you get right as it hits your tongue is where all that malt and chocolate's coming through. Right, I see that. I think the aftertaste is where the coffee's hitting you. And I'll be, like, it almost, it almost seems a little bit bitter at the end. Yeah, I, I actually was going to say a little bit bitter. Um, I'm not getting as much of the, the chocolate as I wanted, I guess. Or the coffee, really. It's not as sweet as I was expecting. Yeah, well, no, and I like that. I don't want them to be sweet. I, I kind of like a little like bit sweet of... You like sweet beverages? Oh, man. <laughs> it's too much for me. It's it's good. I'm liking it so far. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those beers that might actually change as we As we keep going, it, I, yeah. for sure. I'm getting a little more chocolate than you are, actually, though. I think the chocolate is hitting me up front pretty quick. But think of it as like a dark, maybe like a 65 or 75%, like... Cacao, <laughs> a cacao. You know what Just I'm saying? Just the bean. Just the bean. And yeah, this is good, man. I'm liking this. I'm, I am too. It didn't. It, it's. I feel bad for it because we loved the last one, so it's right. it's going up against that impression. But that's okay. Um. Yeah. Last last Thursday, we right after the show. Hunter and I went to Worst Fest. Oh my gosh! Which dude. is like a German themed, just drinking and. It's just a festival. Yeah, it's a of, German just festival. German themed festival. They had uh, like all of the sections were named in German. Like you had the Markenplatz, <laughs> the beer garden. You had dudes in lederhosen running around, mm-hmm. polka bands, people yeah, dancing. Like the main, the lead singer of the band was had an accordion. Yeah, so that, that's that's how you can tell that it's German. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we got like sausage on a stick, dude. It was pretty awesome. It was amazing. And then after, actually, before that. Me and Chase like got a bunch of because you have to pay for your drinks with tickets and yeah. it's, it's a ticket per dollar and I didn't use all mine fuck I had two and left. Um, <laughs> I had six so Jesus. I could have got another German but yeah so we got a German beer it's like a Dunkelhofen or something it was a Dunkel something and that uh, means dark. it was pretty good then we got a pitcher of Shiner this is when we kind of just went all in we put all our <laughs> chips down we we're like all right dude the pitcher. Is like twenty two bucks. I got like twenty five. Let's do it. Yeah. We're just like Six, boom. Sixty four ounces of of Shiner. We just turned, looked at each other in the eyes, toasted, and the night was just kicked off. It was since ours. Then. It and, really was, uh, dude. It was pretty cool, man. Because I was supposed to go on a date event that fr- like the next day, right? Yeah. And, it's the worst fest, right? And, yeah, and you know this because like I I asked a couple of girls the third like on that day before we went i asked a couple of girls like hey you want to go to this date event with me they had other things going on so i was like i'll just go tonight with chase right so we went and we were on a mission to just wingman the hell out of each other we were just all about the ladies that it was awesome because it worked it worked so (laughs) well dude i'm telling you we we got a we got to keep that up. Every week we got to go out and just lay down the game. I'm down. Cuz our dude our game it's it's, it's sharpening better. up. Yeah. yeah, it's coming up on point. Yeah, the uh this one girl, I won't say her name cuz that's not the way of the show. That's not how the show works. But Chase gentlemen. Chase got the attention of this girl and so he started started talking to her, pulling her aside. 
And um, I was stuck talking to all four of her hot friends. Yes. And I did a pretty good job because the hottest one of their group was, the... was down to just, like, hang out with me for the rest of the night with Chase. Exactly. And it was pretty dope, dude. We took her on rides. Like, I'm surprised we didn't throw up when we Dude, were okay. Thing. So I'm sure you guys have seen these at any other carnival ride. It's, it's like a Gravitron where it just spins you really fast and you can, like, get stuck on the walls. The G-forces are insane. We were probably, like, almost done with the pitcher of beer. Yeah. And we were like, let's go do this ride. And like as we're doing it, I'm like, this is horrible. This is a terrible I didn't idea. Even think about it for a second. Uh, <laughs> I honestly didn't. I was worried. I got pretty dizzy at the end. There was a guy throwing up when we got off. Did you see? There was a dude yakking into a trash can. Yeah, this the girl that I was with went upside down, and I was like, uh, that's probably not. Yeah. When we start slowing down, you're gonna be retarded afterwards. <laughs> yeah, have fun breaking your neck. Yeah. Uh, well, good, dude. Uh, you got anything planned for this weekend? Just kicking the hell out of Oklahoma State, dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, that's gonna be such a good game. Have you seen that turned up DKR thing? No, what was that? Hashtag turn up DKR. Hashtag this. Hashtag that. It's a, um, it's an effort to basically make this game as rowdy as West Virginia was last year. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, when we played West Virginia, West Virginia was like a top ten team, and they had been undefeated. Geno Smith was just going off, and so we were playing them, and. The crowd was incredible. The atmosphere was electric, dude. It yes. Was, it, even though we lost the very end of the game, it was still the best football game I ever got to see. Live. Those are the – those dude, when that happens too, you can just feel it. When mm-hmm. everyone's just like, I'm going to scream as loud as I can yeah. because everyone else is and I don't care. And those so, are the best football games. So, like, we're 24th right now ranked mm-hmm. and I think Oklahoma State's 13. Ooh. So if we can beat them, we They're can probably – 13? Yeah. We My can probably God. get top 20. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this big effort for everybody to get there. Like when the game starts, like at two or two thirty, yeah. And get the show ape shit. Good. You know, dude, that I can't wait. I'm stoked. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm trying to go. I don't know if I will end up making it because I'm going to be at the race on Saturday. Yeah. But I have a ticket, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, I think we're ready to go ahead and jump right into the news. This is witty banter. <laughs> All right. Number one, an analyst via GameSpot, GameSpot.com commented on the Xbox One's range of multimedia applications and sees that as making it better compared to Apple TV and Google TV. He says it's multimedia applications, easy access to the Internet, and its addition, additional ability to play games makes it a more attractive solution than what Apple and Google are both currently offering. For me, yes, compared to Apple TV, and I don't even know what Google TV is, of course an Xbox is better because an Apple TV can't play games. But Well, like I feel like it's unfair to, to compare a TV to a gaming console. Because, yeah, an Apple TV is 80 bucks. And with it, you can, like, access Netflix. You can access your iTunes account. You can throw – like, if you're playing music on your iPod, you just press a button, and it goes to your Apple TV, which mm. you're going to have your Apple TV hooked up to your home entertainment center, which means no more auxiliary cord for you. Hell, yeah. That's the most attractive thing yeah, for right. me. You know, mm-hmm. it was like I can play music in my house no matter where I'm at. Right. Um, I really wish they would have compared it to the PlayStation 4, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude, you need to see that South Park. Man. Yeah. The fact <laughs> – the fact that you were like, oh, it's about Xbox One and PS4. I was like, that's pretty cool. And they use Game of Thrones to explain it. I'm like, what? Did they just they make me an episode? They made me an episode as well. Because, <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was hilarious. I was crying. Those guys nail it every time. But, yeah, I mean, um, I haven't heard of Google TV either. 
Um, but I do kind of want to just comment on Xbox One's potential to be a multimedia device. And I say potential because they've thrown out the ideas that they have for it. And obviously we haven't – it's not out yet, so we don't know if it's going to run as well mm-hmm. or how how much their grand vision is really going to come together. But you know, if they can theoretically tie down good partnerships with you know demand providers and really make it a hub to where you go for all for everything you consume. Not only that, but I'm I'm pretty sure they've set up like a a Microsoft Studios and they're going to start trying to make their own television series and stuff. And I think Jeez. I think Halo when we talked about um, Steven Spielberg producing that Halo TV you series, think that might be through Microsoft. I think that's what it's going to be. Wow, and that's just a guess, but that makes sense though. Yeah, for I mean. Sure. It's just interesting. I think it's really exciting too. I'm really stoked, dude. Um, PS4 comes out tomorrow. You know, Jeez. It comes out tomorrow, and all all the reviews for all the games and the PlayStation 4 itself went up on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I only read through one of them. And actually, I think not this coming week, but the week after that. Once both the consoles are out, I think it would be a good like we'll do like a special episode where we we. Read a we get read a bunch of reviews and everything, and we just say like these are the games for PS4 right now. And this is how they're doing and how they're perceived. Same mm-hmm. with Xbox and then the consoles themselves. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So number two, Microsoft is auctioning off one of its white Xbox Ones. Okay, for charity. So you're probably saying white Xbox One. What do you mean? E- Xbox gave all their employees who worked on the Xbox One white versions of it. Is it normally black? It's normally black. So they gave them white ones, and on it, it's like engraved. It says, I made this, and it's for all the employees. Wow, that's cool. So the employees have decided to auction these off for charity. And um, one – yeah, exactly. (laughs) And one of them – they're going through eBay, and the highest bid right now, dude, is 11500 bucks. Holy ball. Why? Can you believe that? <laughs> it's for, I mean, I, I would assume because it's for charity, somebody's just trying to donate and he's being really nice and awesome. Yeah. I, I don't wonder re- how much that'll be worth like 10 years from now or something. Though. Yeah, honestly. Uh, do you think it, I don't know, do you think it'd be worth anything? Well, like considering that it's a special made like limit, like there's only, if there's a limited capacity of something, like if there's a limited amount of something, it's probably going to be worth you know yeah, I mean, many times over what it is ten years right. down the road. I just wonder if like people will give a shit about Xbox in ten years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll be Steambacks. Steambacks five thousand. <laughs> Welcome to the future. <laughs> do you remember when we used to do that on Halo? Oh my God! No. On Halo, anytime we wanted to veto a map. We would be like, we would, <laughs> yes, we would start out like this. We would go, oh, veto, 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 veto. We would just say veto as fast as we could, which just turned it, it turned into us just going, bye. And that was like, that was like five of us on a microphone all doing bye at the same time. And people would like scream at us, shut the F up. Some people thought like just the way, the way that sounds with all that coming together, they thought their microphones were breaking. That's <laughs> so much fun with that okay uh, number three we actually remember how we talked about how we didn't know if blockbuster was out of business yeah they're officially out of business yeah of course as of <laughs> as of november 9th at 11 p.m the remaining stores are going to be shut down really that's weird so it just happened it just happened so wow. i guess they just like on of, cue yeah right <laughs> i guess it's just been a domino effect for other um like the stores have been closing one by one and it's almost – it's very serendipitous. You want to hear what the last rental was? 
It's a current closing time. That'd be funny. I don't know. It's a current movie. Uh, This is the end. (laughs) This is the end was the final blockbuster rental. That is awesome. Isn't that really funny? I still haven't seen that freaking movie, dude. dude. It's it's good. It's hilarious. It's funny because uh, my roommate, um, his mom is a stewardess, and so she'll go traveling all over the globe. And she'll bring back these like super bootleg copies. Oh so, yeah, from like China or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So we don't have this is the end. We just have es el fin. Es el fin. <laughs> dot com. The, mix, <laughs> the Mexican version. Yeah. Like if I know, I remember people telling me like if you lived in China, all of like the new Star Wars that had just come out, Episode Three or whatever, was out on DVD like two weeks after it hit the movies. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was like, dude, I kind of would buy that anyway. Okay. All right, um, number four. Do you remember a few episodes ago we talked about how one of the install the install size for Killzone Shadowfall, Shadowfall, which is a PlayStation Four game, was fifty gigs. I don't remember that. We we brought that up and we were like, dude, that's kind of ridiculous. That's ten percent of your memory. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Well, install sizes for Xbox One launch titles have been released. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and this has been revealed after a consumer managed to get a hold of a console early thanks to a shipping error by Target. So this is – thank you, Target, for effing up. Oh, hell yeah. Basically, they're going to range between 246 megabytes, which is probably going to be like really small um, arcade games, mm-hmm. to 43 to 50 gig installs as well. Okay? Jeez. And here's what's – here's the real – the big curveball. You – you know, like right now with an Xbox 360 – you don't have to install the game, but you can. And if you install the game, you'll get smaller load times. Yeah, it helps your, yeah, you'll your get, gameplay and stuff. Yeah, better. you'll get fewer texture pop-ins. It just loads the game better. You're required to install games on the Xbox One. Wow. And I don't know if you're required to on PlayStation 4. I, I really I How much is know. the memory for an Xbox One? It's the same as PS4, 500 gigs. So essentially... So if you download a 50-gig game... It's 10% you of have, your memory, Yeah, dude. you only have... 10 games of that. Exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, dude, is, is there like some enough. sort of a t- like terabyte attachment a or something that you yeah. can do? So that's like right now, I don't know if there's got to be, right? I, right? I've heard people on Twitter and on the internet, they're already buying terabyte drives for their PlayStation 4. Right. Which obviously if they're buying them, they've done the research and they're not going to just like, oh, I can't hook this up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. So I'm assuming and, – and, and, okay, so yeah, I'm glad you asked this because here's kind of my worries, all right? Because right. right now you can use any USB um, as an Xbox memory stick, okay. but it only allows you to use five gigabytes of it no matter how big it is. Hmm. So I'm curious to see if it allows you to use your own external hard drives, and if it does, great. I can easily see myself going – or not really myself, but maybe someone who like is buying every game going to get a terabyte and right. just not worrying about it. Or if they don't allow that though, and they make you buy their first-party hardware or a hard drive like add-ons, yeah, that'd be really shady, you yeah. know. Yeah, I haven't heard of them doing that, so I'm not saying that's what they are, but that's we should we just find out. It's you know, pretty, it's pretty wild to me just the um, the evolution of data influx because yeah. like. Dude, like I was thinking, I saw some article and it was talking about like the progression of how much it costs to uh, have a gigabit, of, a gigabyte of storage over time. What do, you mean, what do you mean have it? Like, like how much it costs to produce like oh, okay. something that had a gigabyte of storage? 
in like in the 1960s, it was like three hundred thousand dollars. Oh man! In 1980s, it was like it was like um, like ten thousand or 1980s it was like a hundred thousand dollars. 1990, it was like ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand in the two, 90s, like two thousand, it was like like ten dollars or something. Yeah. Like. And so it's just this exponential thing, and they're th- they're thinking like within you know a couple of years we should be getting down to like a cent per gigabyte. That's insane. So I wonder if because um, like right now like we have a th- we have a three terabyte terabyte hard drive at home that mm. we back up all of our computers to twenty four seven. And so yeah, that's huge, right? I wonder if it's going to get to the point where, like, yeah, dude, this game's going to be like a terabyte install. Yeah, terabyte yeah. will be the new gigabyte. Exactly. That's mind blowing, <laughs> dude. Just imagine, like, if a terabyte was a gigabyte. What is the uh, step up? Like a quadra Qu- quadrabyte? There's no way. That's I don't what know. It is. That's what it is. <laughs> or no, yeah, that'll be like the new hard drive system. It'll be like, oh well, yeah, tetra means four technically. Yeah, but that's terra, not tetra. Which, by the way, that's where Tetris come from. Comes from every piece it's in the four. game. Tetris is a is yeah four, uh, blocks. four blocks. Cool. I didn't cool know that. Beans. Yeah, nice little nugget of the day. Little quip. Okay, um, number five. So Sony has updated its PlayStation Four software usage terms, and in that, it is revealed that the company may monitor and record any PSN activity that you do. Including the content of voiced and text communications. <laughs> so they have all your shit on file. They have all your shit on file. Okay. And so I almost I wanted to ask you Is it gonna be do you think it'll be any different for Microsoft? Well here here's where I was going with this. Okay. You remember how like people were like, dude, I don't know about the Connect because it's gonna be like watching you and recording you and all this. This is proof that PlayStation's actually doing that. Yeah. So does that for me for me personally, I don't care. <laughs> okay, and it's almost like we said when we were with uh, when we had that episode with Max. It's like you know that when you go on these things, that everything you do is is subject kind of to yeah. So don't do anything stupid. So for me, I don't really care. But do you, does that freak you out at all? Do you think that is an invasion of privacy? The way okay, it's funny because I hate how much I reference South Park, but it's such a big part of like how I view the world. Um, there's this one episode where Cartman like tries to bring down the NSA and like basically unleash the fact and let everyone know that they're spying on all of us. Right. Right. And he's like so upset at the very end of the episode because he's like, and I let everyone know that they're like (laughs) spying on all of us and they know everything that we're doing, but nobody even freaking cares. (laughs) And he's so upset. And it's like, that's true, man. Like nobody really cares that much because there's nothing you can really do about it. It's almost like, it's almost just like an acceptance that everybody's having. That's how it is for me, man. Like I know that everything I do on the internet is just, is, could be, is data mined. But the only thing that's, the only thing that's really bad uh, that you really have to watch out for is when it stops being stuff like text messaging and, um, you know, like even, even phone calls. Well, look at, if it's more stuff, just like knowing where you are. I was about to say, well, look at location services. Yeah. Checking in is like a huge thing to do on Facebook right now. I don't do that. I don't do it either. I have location services pretty much turned off on all my applications. I don't do that shit, but that's there. And think of, I mean, think about this way. Like uh, if I, if I could, if I friend you, which Mm -hmm. right now everyone accepts pretty much everybody, which I think is also stupid. 
I can just go and be like, I know where you go. Like, I know you, who you hang out with mm-hmm. and, like, what you're – you know. It's pretty unbelievable. There are uh, segments that show um, – and these are, you know, these are news people that have nothing better to do. And they're just trying to show you how easy it is to get in contact with you. But yeah. it, still, it still serves a purpose. It still proves a point. Um, there are people that, yeah, they just have a, a segment where they'll be like, I'm going to be – I'm going to act like a stalker. You know, or like I'm gonna act like a like a child, um, what's it called, pedophile, and I'm just gonna get on here and I could find out like everything I need to know about somebody, and like I can get in touch with them, I can start talking to them, I can meet up with them, and then whenever you meet up with them, they're like, oh shit, like, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> exactly. You know? But like, I feel like I'm not as scared of the Big Brother complex right now. Mm-hmm. At least I think the world's a little far removed from that i think that the big time that that'll really come into play is when like a worldwide crisis happens or like when a when like something happens like imagine some epidemic right and america had disease yeah something like that like imagine america or or have you ever seen um i think it's the day after tomorrow no not the day after tomorrow (laughs) i have seen that (laughs) It was the one with John Cusack, and it was the end of the world. I can't remember what it's called, but twenty twelve. No, <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been, and uh, it was basically like it showed John Cusack trying to like save his family. There was like a huge flood that was happening; the earth was being destroyed or whatever, and they had to decide which people were more important to like to keep save. on producing society, basically, yeah. like after the storm. And it's stuff like that, you know? It's like when people have to start deciding between citizens. You think you know, they'll use what when, we've logged into the internet? Yeah, I mean, they, they'll yeah. use all the information that we've freaking data mined and given to them. And if we're a productive member Let's of society, see. On then Thursday maybe night, you, you posted, I love shots and free shots because I'm a girl. <laughs> and, yeah, we're not going to. You're pick not. Going yeah, with you're us. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> You've been voted off the island. Thank you. Yeah. But I don't know. It's It's definitely a weird. Complex. It doesn't bother me anymore. I've also the way I've looked at Facebook now, like even okay. So with Twitter, it's I really I used to think Twitter was just stupid and gay. Where, I still kind of do. I still I still do. Yeah, where like I think hashtags are stupid and like mm-hmm. at managing people. But I've come to realize that the more I do it, the more followers I get, mm-hmm. and that number, that simple number, is nice. comes with influence. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing as gamer points. Game gamer points don't mean anything. Like your gamer. Gamer points of, are brilliant. I know. But you They're love it, don't brilliant. you? brilliant. Gamer points are like – a lot of people think that companies in the future will start – the technology will be so integrated into everything that we do that you just get points for like – say I use a Colgate toothbrush and a Colgate, and a Colgate toothpaste. Toothpaste. Double be, points for using be, both. Yeah, there will be software, right? And it will give me points and I'll rack up points and then like I can use those points toward maybe like a rebate or something. I'm going to be real honest with you. That idea – Sounds killer. That it, would be awesome. But it's gonna be on everything we fucking do. I, but dude, that's like, the kind of thing. Oh, you ate fucking Lucky Charms for cereal. Imagine this. Imagine this. Okay, Chase, you love Red Bull because of Sebastian Vettel. Mm. Every time you buy a Red Bull can, you rack up three points for the team. Every point, uh, this many points equals this many dollars in donations. That's a huge market. So you're helping the team. Yeah. Can you imagine that? That would be crazy. And. Oh, oh my god, you could just apply that to any market that like you could just infiltrate any market, dude. But that's like a very real possibility as far as um people think that like within 10 years 
software will be so integrated into everything that we do that like we'll have we could have we could have touchscreen stuff on our like Coke cans. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it'll be so. Well, if you've you know, like we were talking about the Yoda or whatever, that's got a curve. It's a phone with a curved touchscreen glass. There's also I I was looking some stuff up. There are prototype phones out there now that have flexible screens. That's awesome. That's crazy. Sick. Um, speaking of markets, real fast, this is kind of like a a, an aside. We're going to derail it even more. Digression. Um, I was thinking about like how. You know, when you when you want to find a market and really infiltrate it and find a need, mm-hmm. you know, some people will sit there and they'll they'll say to each other like, okay, you know, how, what products can I bring to these these people that they want or need? I think I already know the answer to this. Well, like, well, no. Here's here's why I got thinking about it. I was on the Dark Souls subreddit, okay, and it's a pretty it's a robust community. Right. It's actually the subreddit of Dark Souls is one of the the night is one of the best communities for video games I've ever seen on the internet. <laughs> they're super like anytime a new player comes in, they're super like nice and like, dude, hell yeah, play the game. Fuck Are yeah. most people a holes? Total a holes, dude. Every everybody sucks. <laughs> I've on never the been on Reddit. Well, I've been on Reddit, but I've never done a subreddit. I've never yeah. done anything like that, so I have no idea what, what it would be. Typically, like. gaming communities blow. But this guy, yeah, we've addressed that. Yeah, this guy, he was like, "Okay, here's a here's a community that loves Dark Souls. I'm gonna make a sweatshirt of Dark Souls," and everyone bought it on that subreddit. He's like, "Hey, I'm so and so. Wow, buy this. You know, it, and it's a really cool sweatshirt. It's the Knight of Solaire, who I've actually got in my room. Yeah, Lord with that him. with that sun on the chest." Everyone bought it, and so then someone else came in and through that um, website Etsy. Was like, oh, you guys like Dark Souls? I'm gonna make Dark Souls posters, and boom, there you go. Right. And I think I think that is brilliant. So, like, what what does that have to do with your? Um, I was original just, question on markets. Well, no, I was just thinking about like Colgate and all that, and how like mm-hmm. you've got these big ass companies who are trying to bring their products to everyone already, mm-hmm. and I just think in the future. When we have these new tools and then you have the, honestly, ingenuity that these people who made these sweatshirts of where they're like, they are a part of the community, so they know what they want. And then you combine those two. We're going to get some really cool, just personalized things where, you know. Yeah, again, going back to it's a crazy time to be alive. Like, <laughs> like okay, <laughs> I, I almost relate that to music, right? You got so the tarpon? Like, I do. Hit me up. Oh, there it is. Um, so thank you. Think back in think back in like even just like the seventies or the eighties. Like if anyone wanted to create a cool song, like a really like a song that other people would really like and be influenced you by. You had to go through a recording studio. You'd have to huh? go to a recording studio, man. You'd have to have like some hookups. You'd already have to have like establish your name. But now money. Now just because of the advancement of technology and society and like everybody having their own little like ability to kind of get in the game you have people that are producing awesome music in their freaking room you know like with like what i'm doing just with a computer Mm -hmm. and it's sick like we're creating our podcast yeah in a a room exactly we're right we're not in a studio we're just having a badass time so i i love the fact that we keep you know progressing but you start wondering how big those major corporations can be when actual major people, when actual like individuals can make such quality 
um, products on their own. I you almost I mean? see as big big corporations starting now to to play the role where they're the avenue to like kind of get you out there. They're the marketing team and like they're the like conne- the gateway. They're the of- connection hub. Yeah, and so you kind of have to be noticed by these certain companies, mm-hmm. and. In a way, I kind of don't like that because I see them as like this second-hander mentality where like they – they're going to help you out. They're going to use – I mean I'm talking about everything, not just music either. Yeah, I mean the same thing yeah. like you know, with any, any product or whatever. Mm-hmm. But actually at the same time, it's fair. Like if someone is giving you a service and that service is connections and you should – then yeah, they deserve a percentage of it. For sure. There's just that balance there. <laughs> okay. Um so number six, Lucasfilm and Disney revealed uh, when the the first Star Wars sequel is going to be released. Episode. What do you mean the first Star Wars sequel? Epi- sequel? The first episode eighteen. Episode seven. <laughs> you didn't know that they're making a new trilogy, dude. No. You didn't know that they're I making did not a new trilogy, that, dude. Not all- okay. So first of all, Disney bought the rights to Lucasfilms. So bank. So Disney owns Star Wars. Waddling to the bank. Okay. Which means they're also the one – and as soon as they bought them, the first thing they did was like, we're making new movies. Okay? I hope yeah. they don't run it into the ground though, man. Well, you know, some would argue that they already did that with the first new three trilogy, you know? I don't think that that was running it into the ground. I think A lot of people was... hate those movies, dude. Yeah, but I bet a lot of those people are just like super – like over the top about the first movies. Like, like to a degree of obsession. Well, I'll say right now, I – you know, I don't. I don't think the first one's that great, obviously. Because we're just so far removed from that time period that we can't appreciate it. That's for the other for thing, what it dude. Was, when I was, that's okay. Be like, dude, Star Wars one is like the shittiest movie of all time. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one has ever said that, by the way. Uh, no, people say that all the time. Jar Jar Binks, dude. That. That's like one of the worst. Oh, 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 episode one. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you meant like the first Star Wars. I was like, no. Oh, no, no, no. My bad. We'll clarify. Yeah, yeah. So episode one. And I totally get it. Yeah, that that honestly, that movie is pretty bad. Jar Jar Binks was the one of the only characters I remember from Star Wars. Yeah, because he was so terrible. Because <laughs> he's funny. Darth Maul was dope. <laughs> Darth Maul was But sick. also at the same time, I saw episode one when I was like nine. Yeah. And when I was nine, I thought it was awesome. Okay? <laughs> so the fact that like another generation of kids gets to grow up with a new Star Wars trilogy, that's awesome to me. Yeah, dude. You got to... You gotta think more than just about like the existing fan base. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's weird about a lot of stuff like that, right? Like existing fan base. I like the way you put that. Because there's because there's like the fan base that is, there's the fan base that could be, and then there's a fan base that could happen. You know, that was a few years from now, right? Like if I make if I make a movie, and it's that. <laughs> All right, can I use a, an analogy? No. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> I watched this badass documentary. It's called Finding Sugar Man last night. Sugar Man. And it's about this dude who had an amazing voice. He was an amazing guitar player from Detroit. And uh, he got kind of screwed over in America. For some reason, Like he just didn't get big here. But in South Africa, his songs were like uh, the reason for the revolution against the apartheid. 
Like, oh, wow. oh okay. They're, so, they were protest songs. Yeah. Well, okay. they're not protest songs. They're songs that, like, when they listened to them, they started thinking anti-establishment. For no, the first that, time. Well, ever. that's what I mean. I don't mean like the lyrics were protest, but I just use that term because in my blues class we talked about protest songs yeah. and how like these people, like Bob Dylan, and like you know right. they become yeah, the voice. He was very much so like Bob. Dylan. Yeah, they become the voice of something like that. And so um, it was crazy because he went what forty. 50 years or 40 years probably without knowing that he had this influence but in no south way. In south africa he had probably sold you know millions of copies mm-hmm. and he never received any of the money from it because his i guess his like recording c- company just like screwed yeah he it. got screwed somehow but like think course. about that like like well hold on how are you tying this to star wars yeah that's what i'm saying it's like your audience is is completely relative right you have your target audience that you want to hit mm-hmm. but then you have to think about like what are the repercussions of this outside of just that target audience right you know? like what are what are people could 10 I, years down the line gonna think about or this? could i hurt the existing fan base so much that all my merchandise sales fall and yeah you know. i yeah i mean i mean I, that's just something it's another it's of, another yeah. thing you have to consider for sure but um I, I guess as far as just audiences go it's just interesting because like like for Star Wars, they want to hit all the sci-fi nerds, right? Like they want to hit the people that are just like just dead on, just love this shit. I think Star Wars is really targeting like kids too, though. Yeah. Like, uh, well, obviously, I mean, if you look at Angry Birds, Star Wars, mm-hmm. that game has sold gangbusters. Angry Birds Star Wars is the biggest cash cow right now. Really? Oh my god! Angry Birds in general, dude. I got done with my Angry Birds and it was yeah. like, hey for the next, and I was like, nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I played it uh, senior year of high school and I beat it, and it was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone back since, but Angry Birds like is just a phenomenon amongst kids, and um, I see I see Star Wars is the same way, and like. Whatever baggage you want to associate Disney with, with those movies, like, I'm still excited for them because it's new Star Wars. And I'm going to go and watch those with a bag of, like, with a grain of salt and just enjoy them for what they are. How much different, is George Lucas still directing it? No, not at all, dude. So, how much different, how much different do you think it'll be for J.J. Abrams is directing them. Well, he's a baller. He is a baller. I'm very excited. He did uh, Star Trek, and everyone seems to... Star Trek is pretty sick. It is cool. I've actually heard a lot more um, dissenting opinions about Star Trek Mm. from um, girls and women, actually. I mean, mean, do you really... Does that really surprise you? No, no, but here's why. Apparently, so, like, apparently the show was very, like, forward-thinking and social, where, like, Uh. (laughs) he actually wanted the, like, main character, the main captain, to be a female... It had, like, the first interracial kiss on television and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. So it, like, broke a lot of ground. And what two – this is funny. Two girls told this to me separately, not knowing each other, not in the same conversation, but they Mm -hmm. both said the same thing, where, like, J.J. Abrams has taken the series and basically just misogynized the shit out of it, made Captain's Kirk is just a womanizer, and, like, there's no strong women roles. They're only there to look sexy, and that, like, really pisses them off. Wow. Yeah. I almost I would have never known. women even have an opinion on that. <laughs> women wouldn't think? Well, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> they have an opinion on Star Trek, you know? I mean, it's just Well, there's like, a lot of nerdy... I mean, there's, there's nerds out there. Yeah, they love Star Trek. I, I need to get my fix on girl nerds. I think I would enjoy hanging out with girl nerds a lot more. Of course, because girl nerds get down and dirty with really random subjects. <laughs> it's fucking... It's cool. But yeah, that sucks. I mean... Uh, yeah, so... 
Anyway, back to the original story. The release date for Episode 7 was finally released, and it's going to be released in 2015, December 18th. And that's the exact date. Um, and, and apparently they overhauled the script mm-hmm. for Episode 7. There were some problems, and so like this is, this is kind of just like they're back on track now. And if I re- if I remember correctly, I read that how it's going to work is um, it's going to be a trilogy, mm-hmm. and basically it's going to be like episode seven, and then in two years episode eight, mm-hmm. two years after that nine, and then in between eight and nine and seven is and, and seven and eight, you're gonna have another spinoff movie, Jeez. in the Star Wars realm. And here's dude, no, here's where things get awesome and interesting. Okay, what has been rumored? Is one of these spinoff movies is going to be a movie that focuses on Boba Fett, who is arguably uh, like one of the coolest. I know that's your yes, favorite. He dude. is one of these. Well, he, he's not my favorite. He's Max's favorite. Okay. And arguably one of the coolest characters in Star Wars. And <laughs> dude, I'm telling you right now, I don't care if every other, if all the other four movies were just total dog shit. <laughs> if they just did a Boba Fett movie, I'd see it nine times. I honestly know zero about his journey or like who he is or what he does. He's really cool, dude. He's got some interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is one of those things where like since you've seen it, you kind of don't worry. You're like, yeah, I've seen it. I know I've seen it. But going back and watching them again will kind of like reopen your eyes how yeah. awesome they were. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you want to get a halftime report on this beer? Down. All right. What do you What do you think of so far? Dude, it's a lot more bitter than I yeah, the, thought. It, it's, it's getting like more bitter as it goes. It comes – and the bitterness really comes like at the end. It's the mm, finish. It's the yeah. aftertaste. And yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's not that it's turning me off of the beer. I still think the beer is good. I just wish it finished like a little bit better. Yeah, um, I, I, think that, I think that there's – The upfront flavor is great. You know? I mean, it's nothing special. I don't but think it's... that there's a huge dif- difference, in my opinion. Like, I get you like, get bitter right I away. Almost, yeah, I almost get bitter right away. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely not like dissatisfied with the beer. I think it's like a. I think it would be like a good beer to have one time. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think that it's a good beer to have a six pack of by any regards. I agree. I and yeah, I just tried it again and. The bitterness, I think, is opening up, like you're saying, and hitting me up front. But, like, we've had way more bitter stuff than this, so it's not It's here's, not like it's too bitter. It's here's what I'm it's going – right bitter. I'm going to attribute the bitterness to this. It tastes to me like burnt coffee. Like, maybe they over-roasted the coffee, or they just didn't put the right amount in. I think that coffee – I kind of see that. I, I think guess. that coffee flavor is coming off just bad, you know? Yeah, like not not roasted with good coffee. Not roasted nuts. well enough. Because <laughs> the smell is great. The smell is like malt and like creamy. The initial taste is like kind of chocolatey, and then but yeah, that coffee is just is throwing me off. It's got it's a like bitterness bitter to it. Coffee almost, yeah. Which is burnt coffee. Yeah. Well, we're gonna finish it out, and we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're still <laughs> gonna enjoy the session, guys. It's gonna be a great sesh, regardless. Speaking of session, I I still had two of those sawtooth ales left over. Really? And I drank them on That's so long ago. I know, right? Is that the fourth episode? I, it might have been. No, no, no. I think it was the third fourth, episode. I think it was the third. <laughs> that's that's over a month. Okay, hold on. Ago. Number one was Titan. Number two was the pumpkin, pumpkin and then the session. Yeah. yeah. And dude, you, that beer is delicious. You liked it. I really <laughs> liked it. It I, was it was my second favorite. Um, yeah. Of the one that, ones that we've had for sure. The. Uh, the real ale coffee porter being first. Exactly. Okay. Um, so number seven, the last, the final one. 
Okay. Do we got, do we have, are we going to talk about it for a while here? Yeah, we, we, we can potentially. Okay. I can we're see at this. like 43 minutes. Oh, okay. I think we're hitting it good then. Good shit. Let's get a quick little – this one might be a little bit shorter. That's a little fine. one punch. So um, there's a museum in London called the V&A um, Museum of Art and Design. It's 162 years old and houses 4.5 million pieces of art. Okay. Damn. So this is a really – it's a very like culturally relevant, substantial museum, okay? Okay. And recently they have added a game designer who worked on the Resident – oh, my god. What is it? Resident Evil? Not Resident Evil. Resistance. Okay. Resistance franchise. A 23-year-old woman. I can't remember her name. I, should, I don't know why I don't have it written down here, so I'm sorry. But they have added her and her work into the museum. And it's the first time – it is the first work that has been – that's a video game mm-hmm. that this thing – that this museum that has, has like historical pieces from thousands of years ago and, and forward, it's been recognized, right? Wow, that's cool. And they said it allows the V&A to engage with a rapidly growing industry, one that is now, quote unquote, too big to ignore. I agree. It's a thoroughly modern way to connect with the museum's annual 3 million visitors and perhaps more importantly, to engage a younger audience. So there's like an ongoing debate, and it's like a really fun conversation to have with any gamer, really, that like our game's art. And um, I think obviously this going into an art museum is just one more tick for validation. But so let me ask you real quick. Do you think games count as art? <laughs> I think that the manner of consumption is what – depicts whether or not it's an art what do you mean like the fact that it's being consumed i think that i feel like if no 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 i I feel like whether it's the same thing as music right like i listen to music and i think of it as an art right other people listen to music and they think of it as entertainment Mm -hmm. um I, i get entertainment from it and they see artistic bits of it but that that's the difference between it. Whereas, like, with games, I feel like you would probably have a great, way better understanding, right, when you're playing a game as to all of the stuff that went into making this game as awesome as it is. Yeah. So you're so impressed by it, and you're so um, enthralled by the fact that they did this yeah. that you find it more artistic. It's funny that, like, details will end up being the biggest things yeah. in that regard. We're like, dude, typically a game does this, but they didn't, and that's why I made it for Like, you. I, whenever I consume a game, I play a game, and, like, the first thing that happens, like, wrong with it, I'm just like, ah, oh, this sucks. You know, yeah. and so, like, it's it's very... That's a bummer. It's very entertainment like a very entertainment mindset that I have yeah. going into it. So again, I think you know a lot of consumption. There's been game designers now who are trying to make it where like there's no such thing as like a, a dying screen where like if you f up, you never fail. Have to try it again. What? So you don't feel bad about yourself or something? Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, well, look, this that's is what America. You, that's dude. what you just said, though. If a game like if you're like f that because you failed, then you no, no, no it's not about it. failing. I was talking about like if it glitches or something. Oh well, that's. I mean, just if a, I if I annoyance. die and I can't do it, then I don't I don't think it's the game's fault. I think it's my fault. Oh, but, interesting. But like, yeah, I, I think that the I think it's dependent on how you view things. I think it's different from person to person. So I used to be like really on board with the fact that games were art and all that, but I read an article. Uh, a few weeks ago, which was honestly like it, it brought up really awesome points, and like I think the title of it was like "In a Hundred Years, Grand Theft Auto Five Will Never Matter," 
And essentially what it said was games, the way they're made now, like say a new franchise comes out and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Then the sequels keep coming out. And essentially what the sequels are doing are just refining the original game making it better in this way is because you've given people a chance to play with and interact with them. So you're seeing how they want to continue doing that. So you're giving them those options and avenues. Yeah. And so essentially what he said is just like, if I play grand theft auto five, I have no reason to go play grand theft auto three unless it's for nostalgia, because theoretically speaking, every, just be a better version. Every system that was in grand theft auto three is now bigger and better in five. It's just like a, it's like just an innovation. It's not an invention. Yeah. So essentially like as games continue to come out, they cannibalize the games that came before them. And, you know, even now, like, I, I really hate playing older games just because they're not in HD and things like that. Like, they look ugly, and the games, the game mechanics themselves are, like, just outdated and old. Yeah. And so nostalgia is attached to them. But, at, and so then he mentioned the games that do, will stand the test of time and stand out are games that, like, he, he mentioned The Walking Dead, which you played. Yes. And which we need to get to. Yeah, I was, I was wondering if we were going to talk about oh, yeah, that. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. Totally down. Um, so with The Walking Dead, it goes for a graphic style that is not realistic. Right. Because he said also, like, if, you know, a game that tackles graphics in a realistic way will always look dated in, like, 10 years. You know? Yeah, I guess. So when you take that out of it, like, why, I want, bo- like, Borderlands or uh, Walking Dead. Like, I want it to be, or um, Wind Waker, Zelda the Wind Waker, like, cel-shaded games. Where it's just like, I'm sort of, this is not realistic, it's artistic, so that way, like, it always will look that way. It's got that going for it, and then it just, it tries something new and creates a new system. Then that's when they're memorable. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when I think about art, to me, art is something that inspires some sort of self-reflection in me. Okay, it, I guess I like that definition. Yeah, something. I think it's hard to define what art is. Oh yeah, really, true. It, 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 it totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and this is just me, kind of like on the fly, throwing okay. one out there. And Let's so, like, yeah, something that really inspires um, self reflection. Something where I can like, I can I can see details in it and discern them from other details in a different work of art, you know, right. and like kind of appreciate like those details. And motifs, and yeah, stuff or like stuff. even we're in speaking lit, like word choice in literature. Like I right. love this author because the way he writes this way Diction or whatever. And so the, I don't, I really don't, I can't remember. Like I don't, I can't really think of a game that has ever inspired self reflection in me. And yeah, there are games where like I have an exhilarating time with them. But I, I I don't know if they've ever hit that level with me, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Like think about music. You know, sometimes when you hear a song that you love and you listen to it for like a week, like you can literally lose yourself in it. Absolutely, yeah. And the only sort of losing myself in a game that I find is just like a want to progress. You know, I think of like RPGs, like Oblivion. You just want to get to the next thing. Yeah, like. but but see, as I'm doing it, I'm not thinking of that. I'm not just like, okay, I just want to do this because it's there. Like, I'm obviously, if I'm spending 300 hours in a game, it's because I enjoy playing it. Right. So it's just really weird for me to like validate wanting to spend 300 hours because I okay, 300 hours in the game is losing yourself. Yeah. That's but that losing your yeah, that losing yourself is way different than like eyes rolling in the back of your head getting in, wrapped up into a song. Yeah, I mean, 
again, it's a matter of consumption. But like with with art, um, I th- I think that it's important to discern the difference between maybe maybe not uh, between innovation and invention, um, because like I almost feel like every song, unless it's just a cover of another song or something, every song is like an invention, right? It is it is a new. You you produce that by yourself, you know? Yeah, but like, what if you use the same time signatures or chord progressions as something, you know, you yeah, may not be copying. Time signatures are not the same as, like, software, you know? It's like, it's, time signatures are, uh, it's a structure, you know? It's it's not really like, uh, it's not really like, whereas, whereas video games can, like, build off of themselves and, like, oh, okay, well, I made a Finding Nemo video game. When I make Finding Nemo 2, I'll make it the same, but just better. Yeah, I feel like that's an innovation, whereas like I feel like most artistic works are inventions. You know, like they mm-hmm. are they're entirely new. But then, but then it goes to like the thing that kind of counteracts my point or counter argues my point is like, what if you make a new game that's entirely entertainment based? It's not really artistic at all, and it's new. You know, so it's kind of how I feel about like Call of Duty. You know, uh, I think those are pure entertainment. I feel like those are largely innovation, though. From game to game. That's what I mean. It's not an invention. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's innovation. Yeah, yeah, it's purely innovation. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's really hard. Like, games as art just, I feel like, especially with, with real, okay, do you think, like, as, as, Certain pieces of art can garner an appreciation from almost anybody. Okay. So, like, if you show anyone the statue of David or the Mona Lisa. If nothing else, they'll be like, wow, that looks exactly like a human yeah. figure. They're not, Even yeah. if they don't know what it takes to put into it, it they'll still be like, yep, yeah, that looks, you know, perfect. And so that being said, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really, there's no work of art that's going to. As deep as people get into it, you can never give that depth to somebody on the first look basis. Right. But do you think like someone – I mean do you think 100 years from now someone could pick up in a museum like Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, which is like one of the craziest, most awesome, groundbreaking games and really appreciate it? I don't think they will. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that they just like – they look at it the same way that we look at 1930s movies, and we're just like, but a lot of people look at those as art, you know? It's, well, it's I, yeah. again, entirely dependent on the perspective. Like, I hate 19, you know, like, black and white movies. <clears throat> For some reason, black I just and white can't or quiet them. Or both. Not, no, like I'm not silent? talking about silent movies. Okay. I'm talking about just, like, old movies. Just, yeah, okay. Anything that wasn't made before, like, the millennium, I'm just <laughs> pretty much not watching. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. it's just that way for me. And so, I guess, you know, like, I see, I guess I see movies as, like, kind of art. Like, I know Avatar. I think movies are art. From Avatar, for me, was an art because it, because going back to that self-expressive kind of, like, Mm -hmm. introspection that you do, I really thought about myself and, like, how, I thought a lot about, like, how, um... Just, just the human nature is to want to like overcome things, and right. you know, like, like if I have something that's in front of me that's like clearly going to be to my advantage, will I fuck over somebody for that kind of thing? And 
that that was the introspection I got from it. So yeah, for that, for me, that was art. But then there's you know, there's an argument know. that um, movies are currently the most democratic art form ever made because anybody can watch a movie. Democratic, mm-hmm. like like involves all the people. Yeah. Um, because like you know back in like the 1800s and turn of the century the, with the 1900s it was all poetry mm-hmm. anyone and everyone read poetry and like that kind of has gave way to movies yeah that makes sense for and, sure. and what's really interesting too like I, you don't have to do anything you just like sit there and like oh yeah anyone can enjoy a movie <laughs> even the dumbass American can enjoy a movie <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's actually kind of funny. A lot of people say that the movie industry is a dying industry because nobody in America goes to movie theaters anymore. Yeah, it's tapering know, off. And so most movies are actually um, targeted towards the overseas audience. And right mm-hmm. now what sells with the overseas audience, which is where most movies make the bulk of their money actually, is just like really big extravagant set pieces and spectacles, stuff, yeah. which is why we've seen so many movies in these past like five years that are just about like wowing you visually right. and don't put much. But I mean I don't know if that's entirely the reason why those movies are coming out. I feel like that's just like the nature of the technology that's come and people are like, I want to use this shit, so I'm just going to put a lot of it in my movie. Yeah, they kind of want to show, like, in yeah. a way, just show off what <laughs> show we can off. do. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a really good point, man. And I, I, I don't think that we'll come to a, a conclusion on it. I don't think that. I think that the only conclusion that I can come to is that I don't think that people will pick up uh, Games Halo 100, years, 100 yeah. years from now and be like, this is the shit. That's know? what, and that honestly kind of like depresses me in a way. It kind of sucks. Well, not depresses me. I don't like. Well, it's like people don't have appreciation for like what was important th- like back in the day. Yeah. You know, and like it, 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 it like clearly was. Like Halo was a, a phenomenon. And, and for me too. And it might not ever get noticed a hundred years from now. Yeah, and for me too, like there's certain games that I play that I have so much attachment with, like whether it be Dark Souls or Halo or even like Red Dead Redemption or Oblivion that. Most people, just like the facade that gaming offers up, just that stereotypical, you know, stigmatism, they don't even want to see, like, even get into the details, you know? Because, like, I, I actually, yeah, I really do think art is in the details. Where, like, if there's an art form about it, it's like, we, you can really unpack right. the big ideas and get down and dirty with it. And most people just don't really have a, they don't give a shit, yeah. you know, about games. I think there's a big, and I think uh, that's a huge response to just like a, the bad stigmatism that gaming has. But yeah, it's weird because like I remember even just talking with uh, you about Radiohead, mm-hmm. um, and we had just gotten from talking with Max, and Max consumes musically so much differently than you and I do. Um, I don't know what Max's preferences are anymore. <laughs> they are artistic. But no, I'm not like saying a, that they're not artistic. Yeah, I'm just saying a, like we were the people that were diving into this pr- one song. And we were like, dude, this bass line on top of this, on top of that, on top of that. We could really see like how it contributed to the final product of how awesome that song is. Right. right. So we were depicting it in the same way that, you know, boring ass English teachers you know, talk about how the how curtains were blue. Yeah. So what does that mean? Yeah, chiaroscuro. There's dart and light, imi- light imagery. You know, it's like yeah. shut up. You know, it's shut just, up. <laughs> like that's what happened to me in high school. We would. I had Miss Amahundro, who was like the biggest bitch of the English Super department. Super bitch. I'm a e- English department. 
And uh, she would just – she loved this. She lived for this, right? She would just read all this. The Turn of the Screw was one of the worst – and Wuthering Heights, two of the worst books I've ever read. And she was all about them. Those were her two favorite books because there's so much that went into those books that she saw that I just didn't see. Yeah. And I could – I can totally see now why, like, if she just – if she dove into it as much as I dive into music, yeah, just to be enthralled by it exactly. for like years over, right? But then that's just again the manner of perception with which you like approach that thing. I could look at a, I could look at a room as art. If oh no, interior design is an art, right? Like like I could look at your room and be like, I like how it's set up, man. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is an artful or yeah. an artistically done. Room. Yeah, like there's balance here. And then other people might come in and be like, it's a fucking room. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's uh, yeah. I think art is in the eye of the beholder. Totally. So uh, yeah, it's just it's just weird. It, you almost wonder with every art comes a masterpiece. So what masterpiece has gaming really put out there, you know? Dude, it looks like Titanfall. (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that's going to be pure entertainment. Jesus, dude. Or Shadow of Rome. That was was an artistic rise. Rise. Shadow of Rome. I'm talking Shadow of Rome. Okay, yeah, Shadow of Rome, man. Chopping off heads, man. Juicy tomato. Juicy tomato. That game was so fun, man. (laughs) You're in trouble. (laughs) Did you ever see that? Yeah, where they piss their pants. Yeah, they pee their pants right before you kill them. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> all right, well, that's um, that's all the news stories. Good. That's all we got. So right now, we're going to go ahead and go. We're going to we're gonna journey uh, into a new segment of the show. I'm excited about this segment. Yeah. I was happy about this. Welcome to Nick's email corner. To Nick's email. Yeah. Actually, you know what, Nick? Um, I'm sure that you'll actually listen to this. I'll make a buffer for your for the little Nick's email corner. No, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, we'll have like a cool little intro for Nick's email for Nick's email corner for sure. I also want to do a buffer for when we start the new segment too. Let's do it. And we need an outro. You know, I've made three songs within the past week, so I think that I'll have enough time to be able to uh, do one of those. Okay, so we're going to dive into Nick's emails corner. And unfortunately, or uh, not unfortunately, fortunately, we do have an email today, and it is from Nick again. So thank you for writing again. (laughs) Nick wrote in to wittybantershow at gmail.com just like you can and just like you should. Like, I'm going to reiterate again. Ask us anything. Please. Anything. Like, Please. we will, you will get to hear your name on the show. You will be on the show, will, and we will gush over you. I'm telling you, it would really make our week. <laughs> okay, so this email is, uh, once again, in all caps. Hey, bras. We all know Chase has been talking mad shit <laughs> about GTA Five, But word on the street is that him and I play it semi-regularly, and it's the most fun he has all week. XOXOXOXOXOXOXO. Oh. Get stuffed, you crumb bums. <laughs> Where does he come up with these? I don't know. Oh, my God. I'm jealous of his mind. So, uh, yes, Nick, we have played... Grand Theft Auto for about a week now, and I've had a lot of fun, but I'm going to say right now, my opinions of that game have not changed a bit. I still think the mechanics of it not suck, but I just don't, they don't gel well with me. I don't really like the shooting mechanics too much. Driving's a lot of fun, and I've said that since the get-go. Right, I yeah. enjoy driving that game the it's most. It's always fun to just drive around. Um, 
I understand the unlock system in the fact that like you can't buy these certain clothes or you know until this level, or you can't buy this certain gun to this level. That's fine because I I know you want incentive for people to continue playing your game, but in my eyes, it's like what makes this fucking black pair of shoes me. Mean I need to be a ninety-five compared to this tan one. Can I ask a question? Yeah, nail it. Uh, so you've been playing with Nick. With Nick online. Online. Um, what are what is available to you online between a multiplayer on GTA Five? It's really cool, actually. So the entire map. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. The entire map, all of San Andres, is open to you. You and me and Nick could theoretically drive around the entire Grand Theft Auto Five map. You can participate in missions, in races. How many people can get together at the same 16. time? 16. So you could have a gang. Yeah. You could have a gang. They have make. gangs. You can make gangs. Why don't you do that? We do. We what's got your, one. What's your gang? Them puppy boys. <laughs> Represent <laughs> them puppy, puppy boys. boys, baby. Jeez. You can see us rolling through the streets, murdering people left and right. And here's, okay, but Nick, <laughs> here's where I'm going to get down to brass tacks. I still have the same opinions on that game. Um... Though I am having fun playing with my friends, I think it's the fact that I'm playing with my friends. That's, I was, I was, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, do you think you're having fun because you're with your friends? I'm or? having fun because I'm with my friends. And I will say this. Like, the other night, me and Nick, we got, like, four stars, okay? Oh, and we're, nice. we're killing cops left <laughs> and right. <laughs> all right? Nick, he's in the – I'm driving. He's in the passenger seat, that's all right? Sick. He fucking psh, elbows out the, the, the window – Gets his gat out. And there's a helicopter. He shoots the pilot out of the helicopter. And this thing's just like, boom, blows up right in front of us. And we're like, oh. And then right after that, we're doing like 100 down the highway. <laughs> How can you not say that that's fun? It was. It was a blast. But it wasn't just because you were with Nick. That wasn't. Right? Right? So that's what I'm saying. Like. I I have that game gives me like a sandbox and a playground, and it's it's a pretty good one, right? Where the possibilities are, it's it's almost like a very spontaneous game where anything can happen at any point in time. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not with Nick, I'm not going to go play it on my own. So you don't like, like the that. campaign aspect as much? Yeah, honestly, I can see Grand Theft Auto going into a, an, an MMO scenario, being just a multiplayer game. And I honestly cool think I would—I would honestly probably like it more. Yeah, because because uh, you were the one that was that was um, basically saying that you didn't like how the just the campaign set up and how the story. Yeah, was. I hated the missions. Yeah, you really hated did. the missions. You hated the story. You thought the acting was like the voice acting was good, but other yeah. than that, it was the, superb. The story wasn't really that. So yeah, I guess I guess my my final comment is I have fun because it is you know I can't I cannot knock I can't look down on Grand Theft Auto because it is so ambitious it is so good and it set out it did exactly what it set out to do right okay but I only enjoy so I, so let's say it gave us a toolbox I enjoy the toolbox two out of five. I enjoy being with my friends five out of five. When you combine the two, you're going to give me a pretty good time. So that's about it, you know? Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the only message we had today. Thanks again for writing in, Nick. Once again, everybody else, wittybantershow at gmail.com. Send your questions in. Before we sign off, um, Hunter actually got a chance to finally play episode one of The Walking Dead, and I want to get your opinions on it. 
uh, first I want to say that he played it on his iPhone, which was really um, surprising to me. I would have played it on my Xbox for sure. I did play it on Xbox, but I know it's on iPhone. So how what what was it like having that experience on like a mobile small screen? It was nice, dude. You um, liked it? I'll go ahead and say that the first time through, mm-hmm. the story was cool. Um, How'd again, you like the voice acting? Voice acting was good. The graphics, again, like they weren't meant to be. Yeah, they're stylized. Super realistic, yeah. Um, dude, I fell in love with Clementine. There you go. Okay, cool. Um, but like I played it again because, you know, it's like this this game adapts to how you play, right? Yeah, okay, so you went through episode one twice then, the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. That's... And I don't really know how. I didn't. I don't really know how later on in the series it mm-hmm. changes. But I know that every every checkpoint in episode one is still hit every time. Yes. So and and that was kind of the thing that turned me off a little bit when wow, I played it the second dude, time. Wow, dude, that's cause... really cool that you brought that up because that's a big complaint about it. Yeah, because like you still hit the same spots. Mm-hmm. It's just like like some of the cutscenes. Here, are here's you know? a a really good analogy that was put forth by an editor at IGN. Okay, okay. that game is a coloring book. The picture is the same, but how we fill it in is different. Yeah. And I can dig that. You know? I can dig that, but it doesn't – I think that it takes away from the point they're trying to make that it adapts to how you play and stuff. Because, um, I mean, it really doesn't. Like, unless, unless you go ahead and buy episodes two through five and your end result is completely different. Yeah. Which I was, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now it's not it's not the final so, the final scene your everyone will get to so that's so that's it's almost it like, doesn't really really adapt to how you play it then. I think that is a is a uh, a result of maybe just a limitation in technology and resource power at this point in time well that too and like like if you think about it if you were to have like a dissection of every possible like choice that you have to make and like that divergence had to be covered by all of the voice acting right oh i know Think about right? how much yeah. you have to do in order to get all that shit like done which i hope in the future that's possible though but i'm sure it will yeah hopefully um but okay so you know you played through episode um one twice who did you save the first time and did you save the opposite on the second time i saved the same person both times oh okay i saved i saved sean the first time by instinct I thought that I could save Sean and then save Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time, I was like, I want to get on Herschel's good side because I defended Kenny after, good for you. after he ran off the first time. And then the second time, I was just like, Kenny killed this kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I basically said the second time, I'm just going to be an asshole. And yeah, I don't really just... care what the fuck anyone thinks. I'm just going to try and get on the best sides that I can. Right. Um, Did you? It didn't even really work out as much as I wanted to. Like I couldn't even be as much of an asshole as I wanted to be. That's the other thing is at the end of the day you're picking just three dialogue trees and you or don't... not saying anything, which is like they're just like, all right, well you're being quiet. Yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing as I said, no matter what you pick. You know, it's like. So did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the story at all? I really liked it the first time through. I yeah. really did. Uh, That's and cool. then I went to the pricing, and it was like twenty dollars to buy. Two All through five, them. and yeah. I was like, "Fuck that!" 
Well, you can buy them one episode at a time on Xbox if you what, want. What, for like five dollars? Yeah, they're five bucks each. No way. You're not, so, okay. It's just over, like... It just wasn't enough for you? I've never paid more than one dollar for something on my phone. Ever. And I don't plan to. That's a really interesting thing because, f- like, phone games have this have, have this baggage where you expect them to be cheap as hell or free. Right. But you'll go down and, like, blow $3 on a vending machine, you know? Yeah. And so, like, $3 could have gotten you, like, three or four apps. Right. And so a $5 three-hour gaming experience, that's... That seems right to me, you know. The uh, the only thing is, is like I have to start thinking about again data usage, man. I'm not on an unlimited plan, so that almost I think could, that, yeah. Okay. I think that unlimited plans are gonna start going out the window. Why? I because I don't think I think that there's such going back to that data influx and the evolution of it. I think that people are generating so much fucking massive amounts of data that there's no way that people are just gonna be able to like give people these unlimited plans for that much longer because there's going to be so much more opportunity for them to charge up as much data as they want. So data will almost be this thing that's like it's like a commodity. Like data is a commodity and you have to pay for it. I I uh, I mean, I agree, but <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, like that's that was that's a big reason why I didn't do it cuz I was like, dude, I don't want to. I don't want to charge up too much data on this phone, and I don't want to pay five dollars I, I for own, another thirty minutes. I own all the episodes. I would like to. I would. I mean, if you want to, if you feel compelled to play episode two, you totally can. Okay, cool. You know. We'll do it. <laughs> all right. Um. So that's all I got today. Hunter, do you have anything else to add? Other than the, I guess the plug. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna plug. Yeah, my, dude, uh, Hunter's been just working his. Balls off. I really have dude. on these I've, songs. I'd say in the last week I've put in. And they're brilliant. Fifteen hours. Yeah, you cool. guys really need to do yourself a, a fucking service and listen to these songs. Thank you. Man. They're great. Yeah. I've, so I, where, where can we of find them? them? Um, so if you go to SoundCloud, I actually got this wrong before in my past seven podcasts. Oh. If you go to SoundCloud.com, some other guy named Hunter Dorsett just like booming. no, it's, it's not that. There's a hyphen in the URL, uh, so when you go to www.soundcloud.com/slash Hunter Dorsett, it won't come up with anything. It's really Hunter hyphen or, or dash Dorsett. Um, the best way to do it, the way I tell everybody, is just go to SoundCloud.com, type in Hunter Dorsett, and my profile will show up. All my shit will show up. I tag myself in every one of my songs. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I put out – I have three new songs up. I made a new song today. I made a new song two days ago, and then I made a so- new song two days before that. So, Hell yeah, man. So, You're looking and, at the assembly line. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just inspired because of the fact that I got the ability to be able to record. I mm-hmm. had a, a lapse of time where I wasn't able to record. So I'm back on it, and um, please go listen. It's I have like – I, I think I'm – I have like seventeen hundred and fifty listens. That's right, awesome. Right now, that's and so sick. It's not as much as I want because I have like twenty songs up there, yeah. so it's spread out pretty, uh, pretty, pretty thin. thin. But um, I've gotten great uh, responses from the most recent stuff that I've done. So yeah, go check it out. Cool. Okay, um, you can find me at Bodacious Chase on Twitter, and uh, Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. You can find the podcast at facebook.com slash witty banter podcast. Go like us. 
You can also find us on iTunes. If you type in Witty Banter in the search bar, you can subscribe to us for free. And every week, our download will pop up on its own, and you can just listen to it right then and there. Um, other than that, WittyBanterShow at gmail.com is where you can send in your questions. We would love to hear from you. And, you know. Did you plug iTunes yet? We did. We threw yeah. it in there. <laughs> you know what I've also remembered? Like, I keep forgetting to introduce <clears throat> us at the beginning of the show. We're Hunter and Chase. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Dorsett and Chase Williams. <laughs> In case you went throughout the entire hour and ten minutes and didn't yeah. know what our names were. Okay, uh, but, and real quick before we go, let's go ahead and put a score on this beer. Hunter, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit harsh on this beer. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a six. A six. If you could uh, um, associate a word with six, what word would it be? Just you mean like okay? what, what that means to me? Yeah, like... Um, Why don't you go ahead and qualify what it's? I'm glad like. I tried it. I don't think I'm going to get it again. Yeah, I don't think I will either. I think that's that's sums up how I feel about the beer. I'm going to put a six on it too. I think it's a perfect perfect spot. It's um, it's good. It's just honestly, it's just the aftertaste. Like it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like when I thought of milk stout, I thought it would be a little. I even thought it would be a little bit thicker. Yeah, me too. Um, and I thought it would be a little a little bit sweeter. I thought that 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 chocolate that it said caramel. I'm I not getting caramel at all. Yeah, caramel. I didn't get any. Um, I got you know little to no coffee. So yeah, I think that um, I think that for me it just wasn't it just wasn't what it needed to be. I agree. All right, this is six. Okay, good. All right, so I guess uh, I guess that wraps it up, man. That's all we got. All right. Well, thank you, banters, for listening. Yeah, banter nation. We love you. <laughs> Good night and sweet dreams. <laughs> Audio. <laughs> Just a bunch of witty banter. Good night, Papa. <laughs>